Can you just lift your hands and lift your voice as we acknowledge our great God and are thankful and grateful for his unconditional, undying, unconquerable love for us that has no strings attached to it. Father, we thank you today and we give you praise, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for how you showed your love and you demonstrated it in ultimate fashion when you sent your only son to die for our sins. And fathers, we bask in your love and even your presence that fills this house. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Lord God, even as we lift up our unsaved loved ones before you today. Hallelujah. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would touch them, that you would reach them wherever they are, that you would save them, oh God, for your hands are not shortened that you cannot save. So Lord, we pray for them. We lift them up before you. We cry out for their souls today. We cry out for lost souls. Lord God, throughout this region, throughout this nation and around the world, in the name of Jesus. And Father God, we pray this morning for our leaders, for Apostle C and Sister C. And Lord, we speak blessing and strength, healing, favor over them this morning. In the name of Jesus. For God, you are the healer. Ah. Oh, yes, you are. You are the healer, God. Hallelujah. We speak it, we declare it, and we believe you for healing this morning. In the name of the Lord Jesus, and we pray also for Pastor Gardner this morning. Lord, we bless him in the name of the Lord, and we speak strength and courage and favor over his life this morning. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray this morning for every chaplain, for every FRC. IAC chaplain, we lift them up before you this morning. Hallelujah. Speaking grace and blessing over them. Courage over them this morning for the assigned task in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray, Lord God, for every EACM minister, every ministry gift, every ministry, church, and parachurch this morning. We lift them up before you, God. Hallelujah. Speaking blessing over them, over their ministry, Lord. Every effort to advance the kingdom of God throughout this earth. Hallelujah. Father, we speak great grace, blessing, and greater anointing over them this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Father God, we pray in Jesus' name for this house. We speak the blessing of the Lord over this this place, Lord God. We pray for our leaders, Bishop and Dr. Sherem, Lord, that you continue to strengthen them, that you continue to bless them and anoint them, oh God. Hallelujah, Lord, as they work and serve you. Hallelujah, Father God, as they do your will. Hallelujah, Father, we continue, Lord God, to speak grace, 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 and more grace over their lives this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, Hallelujah. We thank you for every family, Lord God, connected to this house. Every member, Lord God, every servant, every laborer. Hallelujah. We speak blessing over everyone. Those that are watching over live stream, God. Hallelujah. We pray that the spirit of the living God would visit them in their homes, Lord. Hallelujah. That you would, Lord, minister to them there as they watch, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let God, your power, your presence, Hallelujah, be manifest in this place. The weightiness of your presence be manifest here today. Have your way here today, Lord. But we've not come to this place, Lord, looking for routine or fashion. Hallelujah, but we cry out this morning for a move of God, a move of the Holy Spirit, a move of your sovereign power in this place, oh God. Bless and anoint our speakers today in the name of Jesus. God strengthen them give them wisdom and revelation and a now word for this house in the mighty name of Jesus come on everybody with great expectation today if there's something particular that you're expecting from God come on lift your voice and shout unto God lift your voice in great anticipation great expectation God we praise you we bless your holy name. We magnify the name 
rejoicing. How many of you are looking at the circumstance and situation and saying, my God is still in control? Amen? Amen. So I'm going to start off by telling you the pulpit has been in a very dry season lately. Very, very dry season. Pastor Cheryl, I cannot recall her starting a sermon off with a joke. But I'm back. Say amen. So here we go. A priest and a pastor stood near a sharp curve on a busy road holding up signs. The end is near, read the pastor's sign, while the priest's sign warned, turn back before it's too late. As he passed by, a jerk in a, in a yellow sports car yelled, you idiots, no one believes you. Then he blasted his horn, shook his fists, stomped on the gas. Moments later, the clerics heard the sound of screeching tires, followed by a big splash. The priest turned to the pastor and said, maybe we should change our signs to read, the bridge is out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I get that out of my system. Everybody say juicy fruit. Juicy fruit. How many of you remember the juicy fruit gum? Hey, man, as kids, I mean, it's still out there. Uh, Hopefully we've, well, for most of us, we've graduated on, but it really was a a juicy piece of gum, wasn't it? You know, filled your mouth full of good taste, and uh, uh, Pam was reminding us of a couple of others, uh, Double Bubble and um, Bazooka. Bazooka. How many remember all of those? Bring back good childhood memories, amen? But we're going to stay with juicy fruit. So say juicy fruit. Juicy fruit. As Christians, our goal is to bring other people into a place of knowing Jesus Christ, right? So when when Jesus comes into our lives, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. We all agree with that? The Bible calls this what? Anybody know? Being born again, right? When the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us, it's when we become born again, according to John chapter 3. We all agree there's only one Holy Spirit, amen? But there are nine attributes of him that we call, and the Bible calls, the fruit of the Spirit. So say fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. And the goal of the Holy Spirit is to grow those in our lives. We all agree with that? Amen. So Galatians 5, 22, 23 says that the fruit of the Spirit is, say them with me, love, love joy, joy, peace, peace long-suffering, long-suffering, kindness, kindness goodness, goodness, faithfulness, faithfulness gentleness, gentleness, and self-control. And self-control. How many struggle with that last one at times? We'll skip Amen. that last one. <laughs> yeah, we'll skip that one. <laughs> But as Christians, we desire these in our lives. Amen? We all agree with that? So the Holy Spirit is at work every minute of, the, of our lives that we spend on this earth to do what? To conform us into the image of Christ so that we would what? Bear much fruit. Romans 8, 29 tells us, For whom he did foreknow, that means God knew ahead of time that we would accept him into our lives. He also predestined, that means he set us aside, he determined beforehand that we would be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among uh, many brethren. So Jesus is first, we follow in his footsteps, we become born again to bear much fruit, to bear the image of Christ. So we all understand that. We're all good with that, right? That's basic, basic theology. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the, the battle that we have in our lives comes between our flesh and our spirit. Galatians 5.16 tells us, so I say walk by the spirit. Say walk. Walk. That means live by him. Mm-hmm. That means rest in him. That means trust in him. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Theologist Henry Drummond said this. He said, 
No one can get joy by merely asking for it. It is one of the ripest fruits of a Christian life. And like all fruits, say all fruit. All fruit. It must be grown. Okay? So that's the point. Fruit is grown in our lives by the Holy Spirit. So recently, uh, Dr. Trish and I, we were talking about this, this subject, uh, you know, how we're bearing fruit in our lives, or are we bearing uh, fruit in our lives? And it caused us to think about not so much the fruit, but the root. Say the root. The root. <clears throat> because the root feeds fruit. Say that with me. The root, the root feeds, feeds fruit. fruit. <clears throat> So there are areas in our lives where we see a lot of fruit and we feel blessed. There are other areas in our lives where there's not so much. And, you know, like all of you, there's some areas in our lives, well, the fruit can be kicked to the side. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Now, as Christians, we tend to focus on the fruit, right? But where we, re we, we really should be focusing is on the root. Yeah. Because it is the root that causes the fruit to either be good or bad. Amen? So say the root, the root causes the fruit, causes the fruit to either be good or bad. To either be good or bad. So let's look into this, the root and the fruit. In John 15, 8, Jesus said, By this my Father is glorified that you what? Bear much fruit, so that you will be my disciples. Matthew 7, 17 says, Even so... Every good tree bears good fruit. So say that with me. Every good tree. Every good tree. Bears good fruit. Bears good fruit. And say this with me. But every bad tree. But every bad tree. Bears bad fruit. Bears bad fruit. <clears throat> so a tree cannot, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that is not, that does not, ew, let me slow it down here. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thereby, the, by their fruit shall, you shall know them. So think about this, okay? Do you want to be a tree that's cut down? No. Do you want to be a tree that is thrown into the fire? <clears throat> so you want to think about this. Christians can bear bad fruit... And what's the end result? Thrown into the fire. You want to really, really think about that statement. I'm not going to go into a deep theological look at that, but really, truly think about that, okay? Yeah. So think about what Dr. Simon just said, right? If it's bad fruit, if it wasn't directed by God, it goes up in the fire. So when we stand before God on Judgment Day, and we have all of our good works and all of the ministry endeavors and all of the efforts that we've made in the kingdom and within the church, I have a feeling a lot of us are going to be surprised with the percentage of that list that gets right up in flames. Do you know why? Because God didn't tell us to do it. We had a motive behind doing it. We were people-pleasing. We were trying to impress. It was all about works instead of relationship and grace. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us, including myself, are going to be shocked at what's left that God actually told us to do, and out of obedience, we did it because we heard from him with no other motive. It's scary, isn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and you can look at your life and you say, well, I still get angry here, I still get frustrated here, that doesn't mean that God's going to cut you off and throw you into the, the, the fire of hell. Amen. Okay, That's not what this is talking about. But there are people who piously, religiously go through acts and services and do their duties thinking that they're serving God and have no relationship with him. Right, right. Okay? So that's where we're going on this. <clears throat> so if you're taking notes, write this down. A bad root cannot produce good fruit. A bad root cannot produce good fruit. So we need the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to tear those bad roots out and nourish the good fruits. Amen? Amen. John 15, 5, familiar verse says, I am the vine and you are what? The branches. He who abides in me and I in him will do what? Bear, Bear much fruit. fruit. So remember the following. Who is the vine or the root? 
Jesus. Jesus is, right? Who are the branches? We are. We are the branches. He who abides in me, in Jesus, and Jesus in him, will do what? Bear, Bear much, much fruit. fruit. Isaiah 11.1 1 tells us, <clears throat> A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a branch or a vine will what? Bear fruit. You know what? We are the fruit of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. With righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor on the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. So that's a prophetic uh, word for the, the future. But in this verse, who is the branch or the vine? Jesus is, right? Isaiah 11.10 says, In the day the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The na nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. So again, who is the root of Jesse? Jesus is, right? So let's break this down. <clears throat> we have a vine. The vine refers to a grapevine, which really means a fruit-producing vine, as opposed to a jungle vine. Anybody gone through the forest and, you know, you got those roots and you're tripping over them, and what are they there for? They're, they're to hinder you, right? Well, fruit-producing vine produces good fruit that doesn't trip anybody up. But how many know that the Father prunes those same branches, that same fruit, right, so that we can produce more? We are the branches. The branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it does what? Abides in the vine. Amen? <clears throat> We've already talked about Galatians 5, 23, the list of the Spirit. And we all, as Christians, we cry out, we want these things in our lives, right? <clears throat> but I want you to hear this. We often think that the word bear means produce, but that's not what it means. The word bear actually means to carry, to carry it like a burden. And how many know that we can't carry our burdens without Jesus, right? <laughs> Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30 says, come unto me all who are what? Weary and heavy laden, I will do what? Give you rest. Take my what? Yoke, my burden upon you, right? So Jesus wants us to bear his fruit, but we can't do it without him. <clears throat> we bear fruit for two reasons. Number one, to display it in our lives and to display God to the world. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> we also bear fruit in our lives so other people can quote-unquote eat that fruit. Mm -hmm. When people come in contact to us, they should be able to say in their own vernacular, taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm -hmm. So if you are bearing his fruit, if you are carrying his fruit, and you are offering it to people to quote-unquote eat, that means you are displaying the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And they can see that there's something what different about you. They can see and taste something different about you. And that's the Lord's presence. Amen? So look at the phrase abide. Abide means to stay in one place for a long time. The root word means to stay in the struggles. <clears throat> and if you've ever been to a vineyard, or as you Americans would say, vineyard, I think. <laughs> the growers will tell you that grapes produce better wine if they've gone through a struggle. If they've gone through a season of hardship. Mm -hmm. The wine is sweeter. Yep. It is more fruity. It is more bold in flavor. flavor. <clears throat> Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who many of us have heard of, said, Fruit is always miraculous. It's the created. It is never the result of willing, but always of growth. The fruit of the Spirit is a gift of God, and only He can produce it. So people who really bear fruit are people who stay committed. Say the word committed for me. Committed. Where are you committed? You're committed in your relationship with Christ through a struggle. How many know this season has been a struggle? For all of us, in one form or another, it has been a struggle. Where has your relationship been? 
where has your focus been? Has it been on the fear or has it been on Christ? Amen. <clears throat> so it's people who stay committed in their relationship, not those who go in and out of a relationship with Jesus, not those who only serve him when times are good and walk away when times are bad. This applies in many situations. You know, marriages at times, everybody struggles. Do you stay in your marriage through that struggle? If you're a believer and you have a business and things have not been good for business, do you continue to tithe? Do you do what I call business by the book? And that means you keep your book straight. Or do you take shortcuts? Do you display the fruit of the Spirit in bad situations that you face in life? Or do you give in to those bad situations? Amen. I don't know about you, but a lot of times I love to confirm the New Testament by looking back in the Old Testament. How many of you have ever done that? There's this whole other part of the Bible that's called the Old Testament. Amen. And it's so prophetic. You know, even if you look at Jesus when he broke the bread, right, with the loaves and the fishes, if you go back to the Old Testament, Elijah did the same thing, where he multiplied the loaves and the fishes. And so I love to look at the prophetic, and then I love to see it come to fruition in the New Testament. So if you look at Isaiah 5.1 with me, it says the Father is the vine dresser. Say vine dresser. So God is the owner of the vineyard. Say God's the owner. God's the owner. Isaiah 5.1 says, Now I will sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. Who's his well-beloved? Jesus. It says, My well-beloved has a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. He dug it out and cleared its stones, and he fenced it in and planted it with the choicest vine. Who's the vine? Jesus. The Father planted his choicest vine. Mm. What a perfect word for Jesus Christ, the choicest. Amen. Isn't that awesome? He built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press in it. So he expected that vineyard to bring forth good fruit because he prepared with a wine press and a tower for the harvest. So there was an expectation that perfect fruit would be born in that particular vineyard. But it brought forth wild grapes, bad grapes, bad fruit. Mm -hmm. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done to my vineyard that I have not already done? What else could I provide? I put the choicest in it, right? I hedged it in. I made sure that it was taken care of. And it didn't come out right, not like I expected. Based on the ingredients I put in the cake, it should have come out this way. And instead, something went awry, he says, right? So when I looked for it to bring forth good grapes, did it not bring forth wild grapes? And now I'll tell you what I'll do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge. Mm. How many of you know that there's actually a hedge of protection around you? The hedge is the word of God, right? Mm -hmm. And God put a hedge around the vineyard to protect it. If you remember in the book of Job, God said to Satan, Consider my servant Job, for he is upright and he is righteous and he serves me. And Satan said, Yeah, he serves you because you have a hedge around him. I can't touch him. So God removed the hedge and the enemy touched him, but Job continued to serve God. So God will take away the hedge in order to bring us back to him. It says, I will take away my hedge, and it will be burned, and break down the wall, and it shall be trampled down, and I will lay it waste, and it shall not be pruned or dug. Remember, if it bears fruit, it gets pruned. And here God says, I'm not going to prune it. I'm not going to bother, because you're not willing. You're not producing fruit. There's nothing for me to prune. So there's a very serious message in there. I got really convicted when I studied this. That if I'm not bearing fruit and I'm not abiding in the vine, God will stop the pruning. And mm. I got scared. I thought, God, don't ever stop the pruning. I will always cooperate with your Holy Spirit. I always want to change. I want to be conformed into the image of Christ. Don't not tend to me. As uncomfortable as it is, as painful as it can be, sometimes tormenting and we feel like a failure, God, don't stop pruning. But he said, I'll stop. Mm. 
So it says there shall come up briars and thorns. Thorns represent demonic spirits, just like when God said there was a hedge of thorns around Gomer in the Old Testament. And the reason for the hedge of thorns is is that the person will have trouble and turn back. Mm. Don't ever pray a hedge of thorns around anybody, amen? But pray a hedge of protection and pray a hedge of God's word around him. So he says, I'll also command the clouds to not rain on it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. Now, the house of Israel represents the Jewish people. We know that, right? But everyone say, I've been grafted in. I've been grafted yeah, in. Yeah, we've been grafted in. So he's talking to you and me right here. Amen. Now, look at what Jesus says in the New Testament, okay? Matthew 21, 33. Here, another parable. Parable is just a story that illustrates something, right? There was a certain landowner. Remember, God is the landowner, mm-hmm. right? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He owns all of it. So there was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Then he leased it to the vine dressers. He released it to the leaders in the church to manage it well, Mm -hmm. the vine dressers. And he went on a journey. And when the vintage time for the grapes grew near, he sent his servants to the vine dressers to obtain his produce. Servants are prophets. He sent prophet after prophet after prophet mm-hmm. to try to get the people to turn back. But the vine dressers seized the prophets, the servants, and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first ones, and they did likewise to them. Now, take note of this. Jesus is telling a story about himself right here. Mm. This is about seven days before he's crucified. So this is his last week of life on earth, and he's about to be killed, and he's talking about himself. Last of all, he sent his son to them, saying, they will respect my son. Jesus was sent by God as the landowner with an expectation that he would be received. But when the vine dressers saw the son, they said to one another, this is an heir. Come and let's kill him and seize his inheritance. So they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Hmm. Now in Hebrews, it tells us that when they crucified him, they what? They took him outside of the city, just like they took a scapegoat to kill it. And so Jesus was our scapegoat, amen? So what will the owner of the vineyard do to those vine dressers when he comes? What will he do to the people that don't accept Jesus Christ, his son? If you're not a Christ follower, really following Christ, not just playing church on Sunday, but really abiding in him and being in relationship with him, you have a choice. And your choice is either to accept that vine that the Father sent or not to. Amen? We have to realize that the bad fruit in our lives is because Jesus is not our root. That's the reason. If he's not your root, you got bad fruit. As a believer, we have a choice to abide in the vine during the struggles and the difficult times, to stay committed, to continue to pull on that vine to feed us as branches or not. Amen. So they answered him and said, he will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other vine dressers who will give him produce at the proper time. Uh Uh-oh. If I don't produce fruit, He'll go to the next vessel. This one's not doing anything. I'm not even going to bother pruning it. I'm going to go where I see fruit, and I'm going to prune it so it grows more in greater number, gets larger, and can be used for my glory. God, don't look over me. Hit me with a two-by-four if you have to, but don't let me miss that. I don't want you to move on to somebody who's willing. I want to be willing. Amen? Amen. And so if we think of different times in our lives where we bear fruit, and as Dr. Simon said, sometimes we don't see such good fruit. And we think, God, this is bad fruit. This has to go. So I need you to work with me on this. Or God, thank you for the blessing of this good fruit. This is an area where you're flowing through me and I'm connected to the vine, right? Sometimes we are, sometimes we aren't. You know, I remember I went through a very difficult time for several years on my job with a boss who was extremely uh, tough to deal with. Um, a pretty erratic personality. Um, most of uh, the company uh, took issue uh, with him, and uh, he just had a, a hostile disposition. And, you know, uh, employees don't flourish under leadership like that. It was oppressive, uh, it was frustrating, and so many of the employees started to work around him to build relationship and get their jobs done. And every time you had a review or a project meeting or an encounter, you kind of cringed because you never knew 
you know, uh, what kind of mood we were in today, right? How many of you can relate to what I'm saying? No fun. No fun going to work every day with that. Really had to focus on not giving that individual any more power than about 30 seconds when I walked in the door so that I could continue to have a, a joyous day, right? But I remember working with the Holy Spirit to bear fruit in that situation, which was one of the hardest things I ever had to do because I'm an emotional being, right? My feelings get hurt. Mm -hmm. And so it's rising above those feelings and continuing to do the right thing and to act like Jesus. And what that meant practically was not laughing at the jokes, not joining in on the gossip, not running my mouth about that individual, but beyond that, continuing to serve that individual, cover their back, make sure that they were always informed and respect them. That was good fruit in a very bad situation. And God had to grow that in me. And that was an ugly time, amen? But the result, what it produced, was such an incredible blessing because God got the glory in it. Yeah. <clears throat> Why don't you write this down? Choice produces fruit. Okay. Choice produces fruit. So think about what Dr. Trish just said. She walks into these situations with her boss. You know, she's got all the feelings that we all have. Frustrations, you know, mad at her boss, et cetera, et cetera. But what did she choose? She chose to display the fruit. She chose to abide in Jesus and display the fruit. So I worked at Ford many years before I retired and I am Canadian, just in case you, you forgot. So back and forth across the border and 32 years of Ford, and, and for the most part, I've really uh, enjoyed my job. But, but how many know there are those certain people, right? And you all know who they are. Yeah, you got to love them. <clears throat> so one particular guy I'm, I was thinking about, I do not like to face people. I just, it, anything makes me go from zero to ten, it's somebody who's two-faced. And this one particular individual, he was, oh, you know, how you doing, Simon? You know, I hope the day's going good. And, and invariably, something would get back to me, and he would say this or this about me. And, you know, always underhanded, not just about me, but about everybody. And as I said, I go from zero to ten. I just don't like those type of people. <clears throat> And I had to walk into work every single day and face this individual because I oversaw one part of the department and he oversaw another part. So we had to work together. And despite the fact that I wanted to give him the five-fold ministry at many, many occasions, I had, to, I had to suck it up. And I had to remember, who am I representing? the Lord Jesus Christ. And when the anger would rise up, I had to suck it down. And, you know, man, oh man, did I want a God to send the hordes of hell after him. <laughs> and, but, but you have to walk the path, right? You have to. You have to choose to deliberately walk the path. Now, I'm not going to tell you this guy got saved because I don't know. You know, was never, I never had opportunity to, you know, lead him to the Lord. But he knew where I stood. And he knew who I stood for. And, and here's the thing, people. When, when people know who you stand for, they're always going to be watching you, right? Now, it doesn't mean you have to do things perfectly. And one day we'll do a, a deep dive on, on what love is all what love is really all about because how many know that love includes confronting at times right so that doesn't mean you're fully accepting and all lovey-dovey and oh that's okay you know and, and all that doesn't mean any of that stuff but who do you really represent and what is what is Jesus trying to do in the situation that you are in that you just would do anything to get out of? That's what we have to look and ask ourselves. What is he doing in those situations? 
Amen. Fruit of self-control. Hallelujah. Listen to this brilliant quote. This is by Pastor Rick Warren. It says, one of the most important spiritual truths that you will ever learn is that God develops the fruit of the Spirit in your life by allowing you to experience circumstances in which you're tempted to express the exact opposite. Mm. Character development always involves a choice, and temptation provides that opportunity. Isn't that awesome? Ephesians 5, 8 through 9 says, For once you were darkness, now you are light in the Lord. Live as children as light. For the fruit that the light produces consists of every form of goodness, righteousness, and truth. So when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, all the fruit of the Spirit was deposited within you in seed form. Amen? And they're all held in place by love. Jesus said, love your neighbor, love yourself, love God. Those are the most important commandments, right? So if we focus on learning to love, all the rest of the fruits of the Spirit will follow. They're constrained by love. They're held in place. Amen. Amen. So <clears throat> most of you know that Evangel is founded on uh, the, inner healing, uh, the ministries of inner, inner healing and deliverance. Amen. They are bishop's heartbeat. No matter what else they do, that, that is the focus. I want you to really think about this. We all go through times of, of struggles in our life, right? And it's not the struggle that... What happened to my mic? It's okay. We're okay? Okay. It's not the struggle that Jesus is... Let me, let me word this right. It's not the struggle that he's so interested in. Meaning, it's not the fact that we're struggling right? It's how we're struggling mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about, you know, the, he prunes us or he cuts off bad fruit, the struggle doesn't mean, well, it may mean that you have bad fruit, but what is God doing in the struggle? He is changing the root mm -hmm. so you can produce the good fruit that yep. he's Amen. looking for. Amen. Okay? Okay. That's what it's all about, people. Yeah. That's what, when we go through the tough times in life, that's what it's all about. <clears throat> so the Greek word for fruit, I'll spell it for you, is K-O-P-T-T-O-C. K-O-P-T-T-O-C. And what it means is it's our it's offspring. It's our paycheck. Good? <clears throat> you want to think about that. When the fruit of the Holy Spirit is flowing through you, God is paying you. Mm -hmm. He's paying you back for, in a good way. <laughs> He's paying you for all the struggle that you have gone through. Yeah. How many of you can look at periods in your life? You know, it might have been a, a momentary, it might have been a day, a week, a month. In some cases, years. Maybe you're still in a struggle that you've been asking God to get you out of for, for, for eons, and it's still there. But how many can honestly say when you look at your life, mm -hmm. your life has changed? Yeah. You have changed. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. The fruit of the Spirit is more evident in your life today than it was yesterday, than it was last month, last mm -hmm. year, 10 years ago. Amen? Amen. So God, if you are here, if you are alive, in the sound of my voice, you are serving God. God has not turned his back on you in any way, shape, or form. Amen. He is with you in those struggles. He is with you in those moments. I can look around at this congregation, and most of you, we know your lives and, uh, you know, to some d degree or another. And we know some of the struggles that, that you have gone through, yep. the heartache that you have gone through. But guess what? You're still here. Mm -hmm. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> so when we look at the Apostle Paul when he wrote the book of uh, Philippians, he starts his letter off by taking uh, <clears throat> into account what has happened in his life, okay, since they last saw him. Mm -hmm. Now, we know that Paul's in prison. He's been suffering but he doesn't mention about his prison. He doesn't mention about the horrible food, the cold, the noise, the whippings, the chains. He doesn't mention anything about that, right? He's past all of that. Why? Because he knows 
that what is happening in him is more important than what is happening to him. You want to write that down. It's more important than what's happening in us than what is happening to us. So, his, so the church of Philippi is who he's writing to. And when we look at it, we have to look at our lives and look at what Paul is saying. So he's, he knows his situation, but he's looking past it. And too many of us today, we are looking at this whole COVID situation. We're looking at the way the, the world is going. We're looking at the way, you know, uh, the, the news media displays the election and all of that kind of stuff. And we're conforming our minds to the pattern of this world. We're focusing on the externals. We're focusing on the, the circumstances. But we have to do like Paul did. We have to focus beneath the surface. Why? Because God is doing a greater work yeah. inside of us. Amen? Mm -hmm. Our lives are soil. And something is happening in that soil. Something is taking root in our hearts and minds right now. And I'll tell you one of the biggest things that God wants to take root in our hearts and minds is the words, fear not. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen. During this season... God wants to give us a deeper root system so that we can abide in him and produce the fruit that he wants. You know, we like the fruit, but the vine, excuse me, the, the roots are often ignored. So how many of you, I'm going to try this with uh, Dr. Trish sometime. How many of you ever put a, a got advice, guys, and you put a bunch of roots in it and then say, here, happy Valentine's. You, know, you think it'll go over too well? Will not go over well. <laughs> So, you know, we like to declare the fruit and shout about the fruit, but, but without a strong root system, the fruit is never going to last. So if you want something sustainable in your life, if you want to bear up under the trials that come your way, if you want to bear fruit in this COVID se season, your roots have got to go down deep in Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Bishop puts it this way. Roots down, fruit up. Say it with me. Roots down, fruit up. You know, Paul declared this, this phrase. He says, I don't know what's going to happen. He didn't know what was going to happen in his life. And it's okay to say that, people. Say, so say this with me. I don't know. I don't know. Do any of you know what's going to happen after this service and you walk out the doors? Any of you know what's going to happen in two hours from now, in 24 hours a day? None of us know, right? Mm -hmm. Okay? But we do know that the circumstance and situation will change. What do we want to look like when the change has happened? Amen? Mm -hmm. In Romans 11, Paul says, How unsearchable are his riches. Who knows? And, and this is the truth, people. Who of us really know what God is doing at any particular season in our life while we're in it? We can guess, we can surmise, we can, we can you know, apply the word where we feel it fits. But none of us really truly know what God is doing in any one particular season in our life. And the only way we know is by hindsight. Right? So the focus is on the root. If you're taking notes, write this down. The presence of faith does not eliminate uncertainty. Faith exists in uncertainty. The presence of faith does not eliminate uncertainty. Faith exists in uncertainty. So we always want clarity on what will happen. But God isn't about bringing us clarity of what will happen. He wants to, us to understand that he is at work in the process right now. Right? Things are out of our control. How many of you can control the COVID situation? Nobody here, right? None of us can. But what we can control is our focus. Our emotional focus, our spiritual focus must be on abiding in him at all times and in all situations. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Our roots are going down. They're going down deeper. And when we're open to what God is doing in and through us, there's more seed going into us 
And that seed will bear much fruit if we continue to abide in Christ. So if we look back again at the book of Philippians, we see statements like this. My God shall supply all of your needs. I can do all things through Christ. Don't be anxious for anything but in all things. I forget what, li- I for- <clears throat> I forget what lies behind me and I press forward to what lies ahead of me. And the peace of God which passes all understanding. This was a man who's in prison wrote these things. Mm-hmm. And had Paul never been in prison, we never would have had the book of Philippians. You want to think about that, people. In the worst situation, he wrote this this book to the church of Philippi, that we call the book of Philippians. You know what it's called? It's called the joy epistle. Mm -hmm. Now, how many of you, if you were in Paul's situation, (laughs) would be joyful? You got a coal bowl of, of sludge thrown to you every... Once a day, through a little cubby hole. You're chained to the walls. A uh, guard might come in one day uh, because he's been given orders to beat you that day. Mm-hmm. It's freezing cold or boiling hot, depending on the circumstance or the, the season, the, the, you know, the, the weather season. Mm-hmm. All these externals were going on around him. But in the middle, he makes these statements. How powerful. Why? Because he knew what it meant to be, abide in Christ. Why? Because he knew what it meant to have his roots go down in Jesus. Right? He wasn't concerned about his circumstance situation. He wasn't con- All he was concerned about was the fruit that would be produced in his life that he knew would affect countless other people. So abiding in the vine, he allowed the vine dresser. He allowed God to dig around in the soil of his life, the soil of his heart, so those roots could grow down. And you know who's bearing the fruit of what Paul did back then? You and me. Mm-hmm. You want to yeah. think about that, you yeah. and me. Amen. 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 So in closing, don't try to bear someone else's fruit to impress people and to be liked by people. You focus on your fruit and what God wants to do in your life. Amen. Amen. If you've got the fruit, you've got the root. If you don't have the fruit, we've got to get rid of that root. Amen? Don't just pick up the fruit because you see it works for somebody else. All we have to do is ask God, God, I need to bear more fruit in this area of my life. I am repeatedly failing miserably. I just don't have a handle on it, God. But God, I'm connected to you. I trust you. I give you permission to work in my life. And I'm asking you, God, to let me show and display fruit so that other people will recognize it in me. So help me in this area, right? Everybody say, I don't have to know. I don't have to know. You know, remember in the garden, right? Adam and Eve needed to know. When the serpent came and tempted them, they had to know. I want the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. Well, I hope that fruit was delicious because it was really expensive. Mm -hmm. Amen. When Adam felt the shame of sin in the garden, what did God say? Who told you you were naked? How do you even know? Who told you that? Who told you that you need something extra in order to be accepted by me? Who told you that, right? I'm not anointed. I'm not popular. I don't have a ministry. I must not be that lovable. I don't have a lot of close friends. I'm not successful. Who told you that? Who told you that? Don't lose focus on what God is doing in you and through you. Amen? Tell yourself, I'm going to abide in the vine so that I can bear much fruit. And I will bear fruit because it's a biblical principle. It works every single time. And it works because it ain't me. It's the Holy Ghost. Amen? So everyone say, I will bear much fruit. I will bear much fruit. I do bear much fruit. I do bear much fruit. I am fruitful. I am fruitful. Big juicy fruit in my life. Big juicy fruit. Amen. Good. So remember this. It's situation versus revelation. It's situation versus revelation. God wants us to be transformed in our situation by his revelation. What is it that he's doing in our lives? You know, oftentimes, again, we see the circumstance, we see the situation, we see the captivity, Mm -hmm. God sees the freedom. We see our frustration, God sees the fruit. Amen? Amen. Mm -hmm. What we're going through this season, this COVID season, 
is nothing compared to the fruit that is going on, that Amen. God is bearing. How Amen. many are aware that just uh, recently there was a rally in uh, Washington, D.C. of 30,000 Christians gathering yeah. simply yeah. to praise Jesus? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. How, many have ever, how many heard that on the news? Yeah. <laughs> Not much. Very little mm -hmm. is ever said about what God is doing in a secular news. But God is always at work. Amen? Amen. God always. is always bearing fruit. And he is looking to us mm -hmm. as those who would bear fruit for him. Mm -hmm. So let God prune your branches. Yeah. Let him root out those hindrances. Mm -hmm. Let God set you free from everything that doesn't look like him. Amen? Amen. Amen. So if you stand with us. You know, we talk about Jesus and, and most of us know who he is, but we never want to close a service without giving people the opportunity to ask him to come into their lives. So if you'd bow your heads, close your eyes, just repeat this after me, okay? Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. For too long. For too long. I've kept you out of my life. I've kept you out of my life. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner. And I can't save myself. And I can't save myself. By faith. By faith. I gratefully receive. I gratefully receive. Your gift of salvation. Your gift of salvation. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For coming to this earth. For coming to this earth. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you are the Son of God. That you died on the cross for my sins. That you died on the cross for my sins. That you rose from the dead. That you rose from the dead. And you are Lord. And you are Lord. Thank you for bearing my sins. Thank you for bearing my sins. And giving me the gift of eternal life. And giving me the gift of eternal life. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that for the very first time, please come and see us. If you need prayer for any reason, ministers come and help join us. We'll respect social distancing. But don't leave without prayer for any reason. There's a basket up front if you came in light for your tithes and offerings. Refreshments out to our right. Please uh, take a few minutes, fellowship with each other. And we will be back tonight with a message called Get Out of Your Comfort Zone. Amen. It's big.